Asleep at the switch again, but that was very nice music, and so people probably enjoyed that. It was uh, waking them up on a Tuesday morning. John Tory and for John Moore on Moore in the morning, and it is January the second today, so it is the second day of the week. First back at work. Still a quiet week. I think we'll find, and we're hearing with the traffic reports, it's quiet uh, this week, and uh, it will remain quiet because a lot of people just take those extra few days if they can. <laughs> Tying the dots together, the people who make 151.8 million dollars, they're taking the week off. They're not at the office today. They are uh, somewhere else, and they're uh, not even mailing it in. <laughs> anyway, I, I shouldn't. That poor guy. I don't want to harass him. I don't know him, but uh, it's a great company, as you know, a great company that includes our very own uh, beloved uh, Tim Hortons. But uh, I just think those kind of numbers. Let, let's let's to, to even it out. Let's let's give the second place finisher uh, a, a company a very long-standing company called Dye and Durham, uh, and he uh, he brought in 98 point, a mere $98.9 million uh, last year solely through stock, uh, stock options. So, in other words, he got no salary. And the third place, uh, third place finisher, if we can call it that, is uh, Swami Kottagiri of, um, sorry, Kottagiri of Magna International, a distant third, a distant third chalking up only $36.4 million through a combination of salary, share-based, and option awards, and other kinds of compensation. Anyway, uh, Carmi, I'm sure you're coining it sort of like that, and uh, so that's why we brought you on, <laughs> just to talk about just how good it is to be in the tech world, and uh, then bring us up to date on some of the news. So that's in the range that you're making, isn't it? It absolutely, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hang on, let me let me check my bank balance. 36.4 yes, thousand, you know, I mean, that's kind of more, uh, so take a few zeros off and, uh, you know, technology can do that for us. How are you doing? Happy New Year. A happy New Year. So great to be back with you today. Well, then there's something with money on here. We can start with that story. Google settles $5 billion privacy lawsuit over tracking people using the incognito mode. Now, this is something I don't even know about the incognito mode. So maybe you could explain that first and then talk about the $5 billion. So every time you use a browser, Google's browser, of course, is Chrome, uh, and it's the most popular browser in the world. Uh, it tracks your activity. It records data about what websites you visit, what you do on those websites. Uh, if you're on a mobile device, where you are, and other information from your from your phone, for whatever device you're using, and it sends it back to the mothership. That's how they customize the advertising experience for you. Uh, but if you don't want Google tracking all that information, you can open up a, what's called an incognito uh, session or a private session, and Google promises that they will not track your information, that you can basically browse in private. Now, we all know in the background that there's no such thing as true privacy online, but Google claims incognito mode, no tracking. Well, it turns out that there was tracking, uh, and uh, a lot of people in the U.S. got a hold of that. They launched a class action lawsuit in 2020, uh, and that lawsuit has now come to an end. They have figured out a settlement. The company is liable. It is admitted that incognito Incognito was not fully incognito. There was no real privacy. Uh, and they are on the hook for upwards. They're going to figure out a final tally, but it looks like it could come in upwards of about $5 billion US uh, because apparently on the internet, according to Google, privacy does not really mean privacy. And they kind of violated what they had promised us in the first place. Let me ask you the question that I think most people would be asking, like me, who uh, doesn't know, that's why we have you on because you know all about this stuff. Is it possible? Mm -hmm. Is it possible? I realize it's not likely out of the billions of people literally that are using, you know, Chrome and, and Google, is it possible they could literally go into their database there where all this is collected and look at what Carmi Levy is, uh, you know, where, where you're browsing 
you know, by website, by name, by phone number, mm-hmm. by email address. Is it possible for them to do that? Possible, not likely, but possible. Oh, uh, oh, I, it, it's not. It's more than possible, more than likely. It's happening. Uh, and if you look, and Google has a number of tools that allow you to look at the information the company collects on you. Uh, most people don't bother to take the time. They should, because it's eye-opening, for, or frankly, shocking. Um, they know probably more about us from our browsing activities than we do. Uh, and as a result, you know, we expose ourselves in a whole bunch of ways that we're not even aware of. But we just want to get that deal on Amazon. No one's paying attention to the back-end data collection that's happening, uh, and we do so at our peril. The Hello Text Message Scam. Tell us about that. So you get a message on your phone, and it says, Hi, hello, I found this number on my phone. Who are you? Uh, all lowercase, usually no no uh, punctuation, anything like that. It's from an unknown number or a blue lock number. Uh, and you think, oh, you know, how how bad can be? I'll just enter them. It sounds like fun. Uh, don't. Uh, we are seeing it. I know our producer, Joe, is seeing it significantly in his inbox. I'm seeing it in mine. There's an uptick in that. And this is not innocuous. It's not random. These are scammers, spammers, cyber criminals who are using this as an attempt to verify that, in fact, your phone number is live. The minute they confirm that, because if you answer them, you confirm, hey, I'm here. Here, they then use your phone number. They put it into a database. They'll sell it to other marketing firms. They'll sell it to other cyber criminals. They'll use it for phishing attempts. They'll use it to harass you. Suddenly, your phone number is going to appear on all sorts of lists where you probably don't want it. Uh, the bottom line is when you get messages from anyone that you don't know, resist the urge to answer it. You are not wasting the cyber criminal's time. You are identifying yourself as a potential victim. Market as spam, delete it, and move on. Yeah, part of the problem, I mean, you've identified one that sounds like it's easily identifiable, but I know myself, you're told, you know, not to open these emails because it does, as you say, kind of target you, but it's sometimes hard to tell, you know, you just have to convince yourself that, you know, RBC, if that's your bank, which it is mine, or, you know, Revenue Canada are not going to be sending you some sketchy looking email. And even though it says it's from them, you just don't open it because you know that's not the way they're going to communicate with you. So that's that's exactly good advice on the hello text message. So I had a friend that moved moved on, a, re, uh, a good friend that moved on New Year's Eve, and I'm sure that this uh, new LG AI uh, artificial intelligence robot uh, could have helped around the house with moving or the aftermath of moving. Tell us about that. They call it AI agent, uh, and it, it's a it's a little autonomous robot rolls around on two legs that have wheels on it. They say that basically it almost reminds me of Rosie the robot from the Jetsons, you know, oh, way yeah. back when. Uh, yeah, wanders around your house autonomously, uh, uses artificial intelligence, uh, voice and image recognition, natural language processing to it'll answer your door, it'll greet you, but it'll also look at you and determine your mood, and it'll it'll play music. Music that matches your mood. It'll do things to accommodate uh, kind of what it thinks you need at that moment. Uh, of course, everything today in 2024, everything has to be AI-ified, and that's what this is all about. CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, is opening next week in Las Vegas, and now we're seeing companies like LG announce all of these crazy cool products to get us all to pay attention. The thing I could not find in the press release, though, is how much this thing is going to cost. Exactly, and the every- question I was going to ask you. It's my friend that moved. 
mood. I was just going to say it would be an absolutely perfect thing when you get the mood and the music and all that to sort of as a calming. It isn't just helping sort of clean up the house or answer the door. It's also calming you down when you're at a, you know, because moving is a testy moment. I hate moving, but that's so interesting. I was going to ask you the price. And a lot of these things that come out, I used to go actually with Ted Rogers back in the day. He loved the Consumer Electronics Show because he that's where he got ideas on, you know, mm-hmm. all the different things he did over time, which he did a lot of those kinds of things. But a lot of these things are kind of maybe just ready for primetime and cost the earth because it's sort of almost one of a kind. Well, you know, the Internet has certainly changed the the, the calculus of the in-person convention, and there aren't as many of them as there used to be. In fact, E3, the gaming convention, was just canceled permanently. But it really does. CES is still the granddaddy of them all. It still shows kind of what's possible, gets us to dream a little bit, gets us to wonder uh, a bit. And it's it's product announcements like this. We're not going to be buying this anytime soon. I wish I, I wish your friend could use this for his move. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is this kind of points not just later this year, but in subsequent years, where the industry hopes to go. Uh, So even if we can't buy it, maybe we'll be able to buy it in a few years from now or something like it. Uh, And maybe it'll inspire other engineers from this company or other companies to create even cooler new products that someday we will be able to buy in a big box store or order on Amazon. Uh, So I'll definitely be watching. But announcements like this, I'm thinking, God, I'd love to have that. Everyone wants the Jetsons to come true. But when they don't announce the price, you always know it's, it's, you know, if you have to ask the price, it's too expensive this one's going to be too expensive you are nowhere near old enough to have watched the jetsons you just obviously are watching old reruns because i literally watched it as a kid and of course <laughs> yeah you, reruns you, you, know, you really did think from those days back and maybe it was like the 60s or 70s that people were going to be flying around in you know those kinds of uh, vehicles that were like in the air but uh, it's amazing that you uh, you know of, of the jetsons so speaking of all this uh, it is possible i guess uh, that uh, you could get uh, and i'm not sure if this one's available either on the marketplace a robo dog that isn't just a a sort of a robot dog, but uh, is capable of doing great things worthy of the Guinness World Record book itself. So it is a four-legged robot known as a quadruped. Its name is Hound. It comes to us from a Korean... uh Advanced Robotics Institute, and it set a Guinness World Record for running the 100 meters. It ran at an average of 18.1 kilometers an hour, covered it in just under 20 seconds. So not quite Usain Bolt territory, but definitely faster than me. So I'll take that. Uh, And, you know, it sounds cool, and it is, uh, but what, what I love about records like this is we're not going to be buying any of these robots anytime soon either but the technology that's developed for them is used for for example in the medical community to help people with mobility issues it's used in industry it's used in tourism it's used in other sectors so the better the technology gets the more guinness world records these things set with the cool videos on youtube that go viral uh the more likely it is at some point that that technology is going to help us whether we even know it or not and i love that kind of story me too Uh, i'd like i'd like to know some who can't exactly you know no one thinks that the saturn 5 or the space shuttle could have benefited them but a lot of the technologies that went into making those things fly ultimately you know flowed into the phones that we use every day the networks that we use to connect them uh, and all the other technologies that we take for granted today so space technology uh, and robotics technology like this as exotic as it seems it really is personal carmy levy always interesting tech tuesdays on news talk 1010 uh, thank you very much we'll talk again next week at this time Appreciate it, John. All right, it's John Torrey here for John Moore.